0: To learn more, click on the conference tab at beckershospitalreview.com.
1: This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Jennifer Karen. Jennifer is the Chief Patient Experience Officer at BJC Healthcare. BJC Healthcare, based originally, out of St. Louis, magnificently renowned system. And thrilled to hear what Jennifer is doing in her role. Jennifer, can you take a moment to introduce yourself?
0: Sure. Thank you, Scott. I'm happy to join you today. Um, my name is Jennifer Karen, and um, again, the Patient Experience Officer for BJC Healthcare. I've been here for over three years now. And prior to joining BJC, I was the Patient Experience Director for a large Midwest Health Systems ambulatory enterprise. I'm also a professor of healthcare analytics and a board member of the Beryl Institute's Patient Experience Advisory Board. Thanks again for having me, Scott.
1: Magnificent, could you talk today about the evolution of the role of Chief Patient Experience Officer? I mean, 10 years ago, there really wasn't this role, it still wasn't organized or categorized or titled that way, but talk to us about the role and how you view your core priorities in the role.
0: Sure. Um, You know, I was just talking about this the other day with my national colleagues. The role of the Experience Officer looks very different across the industry. Um, you know, what I go to bed and wake up thinking about is how to close the gap between our brand promise and brand perception and consumer reality. You know, whether you're the international patient who took a private jet into town or you took three buses to get across the city, you know, all of our patients expect to receive an elevated experience and they're looking for relationships and that relationship looks different from all of our consumers and patients, you know, from the 20 to 30 year old that only uses urgent care to the 40 year old who wants her children and parents to all be in the same system to make it easier to manage their care. Uh, it's about connecting with patients and meeting them where they're at. I think, you know, that's where the true evolution is at. And, you know, historically it was, we, we didn't really focus on meeting where that them where they were at and we jumped right into where we wanted them to be. And it just doesn't work. Um, you know, I think our new existence with COVID has really spoken to that. Um, you know, patients have decisions. They want health care, you know, convenient and um, on their time. Um, and it's our role really to help guide them and give them their best healthy life.
1: Let me ask you a couple of questions when it comes to patient experience. For example, when I call certain retail chains, I'll call one retail chain and trying to track an order. I have to wait on the phone for 12 minutes. They get one person, they get another person, then I get a fifth person who doesn't know what they're doing. In contrast, I call certain places. It seems like within two minutes or 30 seconds, I'm on the phone with somebody who gets what I need right away, and and so, of course, I have a much better consumer experience with one versus the other. How do you look at the patient experience and where they're pleased and not pleased? How do you sort of assess that?
0: Yeah. So that's a really great question. Um, you know, across all healthcare settings, there's primary key drivers. It's access, it's communication, and again, now the location of where they can access healthcare. And really it's applying patient experience theories and, and principles. And so focusing on experience infrastructure and governance across the continuum, um, focusing on that service culture, team member engagement. Innovation, environment, and hospitality, policy, quality measurement, clinical excellence, and then patient, family, and community engagement. And so really you have to focus on all of those firing um, optimally and being not just at the table, but having a voice at the table when strategies are built. You know, they're all equally important when closing the gap between brand promise and brand reality.
1: Let me ask you another question. It's a not too similar question to the first one, but a little bit different take on it. You know, when when a family member had to have the most difficult, challenging surgery, they went to the most elite system in the area. Uh, But but that system was magnificent for the hardest cancer surgery that had to be done. But navigating the system post that was very challenging. In contrast, the local community system was very easy to navigate for post-surgery, radiation therapy and all those kinds of things. And much easier to communicate with and navigate. How much is this the need for patient navigators that often don't get paid for by the system? How important is that to patient experience? Where do you invest to make sure the patients have a better experience, even though you're giving the best care? So the experience is different than the care.
0: Great question. And it really comes down to working as a system and being ready for the patient. We talk a lot about. That at BJC, and so having a patient, you know, we have a a rather large um, transplant center, and so we deal with this, you know, quite a bit. And being prepared as a healthcare team makes a big impact on both the navigation and also the operational impact. Because if you have patients that are late or they don't have what they need, it slows down the operation. And so it's benefit beneficial to both the patient and operationally to make sure that we are proactive, communicating as a team, and prepared as a team for the patient arrival.
1: And talk for a moment about, in improving patient experience, what's the mix of great people, great technology? What's the mix of those two things to make patient experience better? And then how important is culture to great patient experience too?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you you have to have a service culture. It's one of the primary principles of experience, Um, you know, especially getting back to that um, brand loyalty. Um, If you have various hospitals and and clinics with different culture, our patients aren't going to recognize or they won't um, easily recognize that it's the same system. It also makes it difficult for us to communicate as a system. And so, you know, when you you say which one's the priority, I would say that they're they're both equally important. You can't have strategy without a good solid Culture.
1: culture. I mean, you really need people and technology today, because as you said earlier, there's certain age ranges that really want to access this through technology, there's others that want to access it through a person on the phone, and you really like to have both. It's, it's great technology, great culture today, and great people to make this all work. I mean, you see those call centers, you get a call center staffed with great people, and they work magnificently well, or you can see call centers staffed with not so great people who aren't trying very hard. It's a culture the people aren't right, and it, and it doesn't matter that you've staffed up a great call center. Right One final question, uh, Jennifer, what, what is, advice would you give to emerging leaders? What do you tell emerging leaders? What advice would you give to them who are trying to have a great careers to be great leaders?
0: Yeah, so Scott, I got my first job in healthcare operations because I took a chance. I was working with an organization that had a failing operation and it was pretty close to closure. I was the executive assistant at the time, and so um you know I would be in the boardroom and I'd hear a lot about the issues that were going on. Um, I was finishing up my master's degree, so I decided that I wanted to get my administrator's license, and the day that I got my administrator's license, I wrote the CEO a letter and explained how I turned his operations around, and the next day, he walked into the office with the letter and said, Jen, you said you could dance, now let's see it, Pack your stuff, and get to work, and that's exactly what I did, And and it really launched my healthcare career, so my advice to emerging leaders is to surround yourself with multiple mentors. Educate yourself, you know, to the world that you strive to be a part of, both academically and operationally, because they're they're very different. And be confident and be bold. Can you you
1: summarize that again? Be open to opportunities, be confident, be bold, take the opportunity. Summarize again your advice for leaders.
0: Yeah, so it would, I mean, you know, know where you want to go directionally. Be open to pivot um, to new doors that open up. And do your research and be confident in your decisions.
1: Fantastic. So have a plan, but be ready to pivot if you know as opportunities open and so forth. And then have you uh, have you know be researching, try and be thoughtful, try and think about what you're doing. And you've done a magnificent job. Of that you know, teach state analytics as well. Your your chief patient experience. What a remarkable career, Jennifer. I want to thank you for joining the Becker's Healthcare Podcast today. It's fascinating. Role of this office of chief patient experience, and partly it's all, it's it's fascinating because all of us are patients as well and see these vast differences in patient experience from system to system i mean it's really yeah. a fascinating thing to watch it is, it is. And do, it, think, let me ask you a question do, do your family members ever criticize or give you compliments on what the patient experience looks like at the system you're working with
0: families friends um waitresses when i'm out at restaurants <laughs> and they find out where i work yes <laughs> Right, off. right, like you're like you like you're really dying
1: to hear it wherever you are. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's really really wanted to know that you that you, it, but it is. I mean, and I know you have to be very open minded and very positive about it and stuff like that. But you got a twenty four seven job as it is. So when you're out for dinner and somebody says you know, did not have a good experience, you're like, okay, I'm not having a good experience right now at dinner, but I'm I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's all uh, you take taking it in stride. I am sure and do a new magnificent job. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining the Becker Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Scott.